Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Uh, the Lord started, we're, we're doing a, a series called Passion for Souls. Uh, I got stirred up in the camp meeting, uh, just really just talking to me. The Lord was talking to me about getting back to the first love, getting back to what is on his heart, what he loves. Amen. And uh, the only way that I know to do that is really start preaching about it, start talking about it, start uh, reading about it and talking and all of that. And that stirs me up. And so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And uh, so if you can, come on Wednesday night, uh, because I believe that God, that's one of the things that God is wanting to do. And I believe it's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing uh, that God wants is he's concerned about the harvest. He's concerned about souls. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we've got neighbors, we got friends, we got co-workers, we got family members, we got many people that need to hear what you know and what you have, and they need to be given that opportunity just like you had. Amen? And it's time. We're living, it is time. Glory to God. And I believe that God's calling the church, not only our church, I believe he's calling the universal church now. Praise God. And because we're nearing the end of time. We're nearing the end when Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And secondly, I, the, today I want to talk to you about something that the Lord's been talking to me about, and it's the body of Christ. And um, the RG class, uh, I've enjoyed that. And the RG class, last week we talked about the baptism. And Hebrews talks about the the. Uh, doctrine of the church, doctrine of Christ, talking about one thing, baptisms, talking about plural. And I really, I enjoy teaching on the baptism. Uh, And so, but there's three baptisms that the Bible speaks of. There's the baptism into the body of Christ. There's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then there's water baptism. And one of the things that you have to be aware of is when you're reading the scriptures that you don't get confused. And like most people, most Christians will try to apply water baptism to everything, every place where it talks about baptism. And you can't do that. You'll get confused and you won't get the, you won't get the information that you need. So I think I'm ringing a little bit there. So anyway, so I want to, I want to, jump off of here a little bit what we taught last week but I got somewhere specifically I believe the Lord wants us to get to and get some understanding about because it all all of it ties together all of it ties about you and I finishing our race it ties about us being able to do the job doing the commission that we've been assigned to here in the last days amen and, uh, you know, whether you feel like you're worthy or feel like you're qualified or not, God put you at this, this moment in time. Amen. And he knows what you're capable of doing. Amen. And where you lack, that's all right. Paul said to himself, he said, where I find that I, where I'm the weakest, he said, then that's where I find that God's the strongest. Amen. So there's no excuses why you can't 
finish. There's no, no excuses why you can't do what God has placed you here at this moment in time to do for him. None whatsoever. Look at your neighbor and say, none. <laughs> it won't, I'm telling you, it won't fly when you stand before God. Are you here? He makes up, he makes up where, we're, where we're short, where we're uh, uh, insufficient, because he is the all-sufficient one. And I'll tell you what, he gets more glory anyways when you are weak, then he can show his strength through you. And, they can, and then people will say, man, that has to be God, because there's no way that would have been them. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's, go, let's um, look here a moment. I want to I want to read to you. This was out of Rick Renner's book, and this is what this is the book we've been reading. I just want to give you the definition of baptism, out of the Greek. <clears throat> he says here the word is translated of the Greek word baptizo, which means to wash, to dip. The original meaning of the Greek word baptizo was actually to dip and dye. So he's talking about taking a garment putting it in like collaring, and when you dip it all the way in, then it gets absorbed, it gets dyed, and it comes out whatever that collar was, okay? So he's saying that's what baptism's like. He says, <clears throat> he says that's exactly what happens to us spiritually when we came into Christ. In that moment of salvation, when we repented and received Jesus as Lord and Savior, we were instantly instantaneously dipped into and saturated in his precious blood, Romans 6, uh, 3 and 4. He says, the blood of Jesus cleansed us and so completely changed us that we, we became brand new creatures, creations. As a result, we are nothing like who we were before. Glory to God. Say, I'm not like anything I was before. Now, you know, you can say, well, I don't feel any different. Well, I'm telling you, just hang on with me a little bit here. But you're, the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ, okay? Yeah. And that's obviously, that's talking about the inward man. Praise God, the one that when you lay, when you lay your earth suit down, the inward man is going to come out, yeah. the real you. Amen. And that person is a brand new person. Yes. Now, so baptism means to plunge into. It means to dip into. It means to submerse. That's why when we do water baptism, and again, you know, I've made the comment, we don't, we're not adamant about your views on it. You know, we're not going to argue with anyone. Well, you know, I get, when I got baptized, I got sprinkled. That's okay. I don't care. If you're satisfied, that's fine. But actually, it's talking about being submersed. The, just the word. Yeah. You know, just like when you take a donut and put it in, submerse it into your coffee, you just baptize that donut. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can be baptized. So when you're put into the water, submerse, you're baptized. Now, we all know, I hope you know. If you don't know, then this will be new for you. But just because you're baptized, if you were baptized as a sinner, then you're going to come out of the water as a sinner. Because baptism does not save you. Not that, not that baptism. Water baptism does not save you. 
Now, a lot of, there's, a, there's some denominations or some people that feel that it does and that you're not saved until you're water baptized. But the truth of it is, water baptism comes after salvation. Okay? Is everyone here? I mean, I'm not going to teach on this, but if you, if you need to, you need to study up on that. Because you can be baptized and still come out a sinner. I mean, every time you dump, jump into the pool, you're baptized, actually. Okay? So just because we're doing it religiously and baptizing you in the name of Jesus does not save you. you Jesus is the only thing that saves. I'll say it again. Jesus is the only thing that saves. Okay, so water baptism is to be, is a teaching, is a commandment of the Lord for us to follow through. I think there's a lot of things that do come with water baptism, and everyone should want to be water baptized. If you've never been water baptized, you need to be water baptized if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. So that's the one baptism that, you know, everyone's mostly aware of. So, but the, the one that I want to talk to you about, and the one that the Lord keeps bringing me back to, is the baptism into the body. And I want to show you some scriptures and give you some understanding about this. In Ephesians chapter 4, 5 and 6, it says, Paul said, one, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, you would say, well, you already said there's more than one baptism. I know, but in this instance, he's only talking about the baptism into the body. Okay, the, the baptism into the body of Christ. Remember what baptism means. It means to be plunged into. So we're talking about a spiritual baptism, not a physical baptism like when we do water. We're talking about a spiritual baptism. He says, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. So one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now it's important, otherwise why would he even mention it? Why wouldn't he just say, there's just one Lord and one faith? But notice he includes one baptism. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Hang on, this is going to get good. I'm believing God's going to open our eyes. Hallelujah, we're going to get some true meaning here today. Because I believe it's important for the body of Christ to understand this. You know, it's... Uh, I don't know, I'm not sure how to say it. Let me, let's just move on now. For by one spirit are we all, everyone say all, now he's talking about as Christians, believers now. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Say, I've been baptized, I've been baptized. Into, one into one body. What are we talking about? We're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about a spiritual baptism that takes place when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He says, whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So when you accepted the Lord, okay, you, you may have some tears, you may have some feelings, but if, it, if there was a true repentance, a true coming to the Lord, and you're now confessing Him as Lord and Savior, okay, you're, you've committed your life to follow Him, then the Bible says that, that you were 
the Spirit of God came and then he also, he comes in you, but he also, by the Holy Spirit, you are baptized, you are placed into a body of believers called the body of Christ. It's called a spiritual baptism. Now, why is that so important? Because you, because the understanding has to come into what body you are in. Because if you can connect yourself to the body, then you'll be able to connect everything else through Christ that, can, that was conferred to him. Amen. You'll quit looking at yourself and trying to examine yourself and look at, and see how you're measuring up all the time. Because that doesn't have anything to do with what you've been plunged into or put into. Now, look at this scripture, Galatians 3.27. So here, there's two references talking about the baptism. You've been baptized into a body. So notice he, Paul keeps repeating this. And if he's repeating it, then that means the Holy Ghost is repeating it. So the, God's trying to get, an under, get something over to us about why it's so important you understand this baptism. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you have, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So here again, he's talking about this baptism, a spiritual baptism. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you felt it. I'm not saying that you were just, you know, you could tell... Wow, you know, like some show where you go through time and all of a sudden you go through this, you know, they'll have on the screens a sort of wavy light and you walk through it. There's, you probably didn't feel anything. But God is trying to show you the association that you, between you and Christ now has become united. Now, I'm going to read that and I want to read to you this amplified version of Galatians 3. 26 through 28. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. Bible calls us sons and daughters. But here, so when he's talking sons, he's not talking male, female. He's talking all. All right. So say this. I am. I am. The son, I am part of the sons of God. So when the Bible talks about sonship, it's talking about you. So we're talking about identification here. But notice what else it says. It's for as many of you that were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union. What's union mean? Brought together, united, coupled together, union. And communion with Christ. Now notice this next word, the anointed one. So when we, start, when we start talking about the body of Christ, you have to understand the word Christ. Christ means anointing and the anointed one in his anointing. Yeah. So, you know, Christ was not Jesus' last name. Yeah. There's, a, there's a reason why the Bible uses Christ. Because it's talking about the anointing. So notice here that not only is he talking about you're now sons of God, he's talking about the union uniting with the anointing of the, the body of Christ. <laughs> so, all right, now let me read on. 
He says, for as many as you as were baptized into Christ into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, he says, have put on, clothe yourself with Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you something about your physical body. What is the purpose of the physical body? What is so important about your physical body? Well, we know it has to live. Because if it, if it quits living, then you, can, you don't get to stay on earth. This is the only, this is the only uh, reason why you get to stay. It's because you have an earth suit. That's the only reason. The, and if you don't care, take care of your earth suit or something happens to your earth suit, you have an accident in your earth suit or it gets sick in your earth suit and, and finally fails, guess what? It doesn't matter how much you want or how much you desire. You, you're going to leave earth. You got to leave. This is the only thing that gives you the right to function here on planet earth is your earth suit. We know a lot of people leave early. We know a lot of things happen. But there's no one who stays around forever. No, I don't care if you, if you think you can live forever. You're, there's coming a day you're going to be terminated and you're going to go. Because your, your, your earth suit will give out. People have tried it. They look for the fountain of youth. And we, and we do everything we can to live one more day, have one more breath. Because why? Because we know when this earth suit quits, when our body quits, then, you know, you're done. You have to, you have to leave here. And then you'll leave, and be dependent on your decision that you made here on earth, you'll either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. Well, so I wrote, I was thinking about this in concerning uh, the body, and the, really the physical body is this, to carry out the wants desires and needs of the inward man or the true you. That's what, the, that's what your body is for. Your body is just an instrument, the Bible says. It's like a glove. And whatever your hand does, the glove will do. Okay? And so the, so the, body, the body in itself can do nothing and it, all it is doing is f fulfilling the desires and the needs and the needs and wants that you have. That's all it does. It just carries it forth. Right? It does. You're doing, you're doing today what you wanted to do. You wanted to come to church. So guess what? Your body got in line. It may have taken a little bit to get your body in line, you know, but you finally got it in subjection and you made it come to church. Why? Because you wanted to come to church. You wanted to come and hear the word of God. Well, let's talk then. So let's compare it now to the body of Christ. Because the Bible is very plain that there is a body called the body of Christ in the earth. So if the natural body is to fulfill all of its desires and its needs and wants, then the spiritual body is to fulfill all of his needs, yeah. all of his desires, and all of his wants. That's, good. That's what the spiritual body is for, yeah. which you have been baptized into. Yeah. Yeah. The body is to carry out the will and the plan of God. 
the body is to be used as Jesus' natural body when he was on the earth, where he was here. Not, he said many times, I'm not here on my, by my will. I'm here for his will. Everything I do, I do because I hear what he says. I see what he does. Okay? So we're likened now that we are his body. We are his physical body, or his, yeah, we are really the physical body of Christ, but we're a spiritual body, and Jesus is now the head, but the head is not on earth, only, the part, only his body is on earth. And so all that God desires and wills and all that he wants is going to happen through the body which you are a part of. You're connected to that body. In some way or f fashion, but let's don't, I'm not trying to find out where you're connected at. I'm not trying to find out which part of the body you are. What I want you to understand is that you are in the, the body of the anointed one. Amen. So everything that's on the head comes on the body. See, that's what you've got to get. That, you, that anointing that was on the head, that anointing that was on Christ, it just comes on you because you are the body of the anointed one now. That's why it's so important that we come into this because otherwise you're going to try to be doing things and you're thinking you're, you're going to be ministering, you're going to be praying for folks, you're going to be laying hands on people, you're going to be doing all these things and you're going to think it's just you. But no, you're the body now. You're the body. The anointing is already on you, not because that God chose you, but because you were plunged into the body. Say, I'm in the body of Christ. Okay, now, now listen. Here's a scripture that we've talked about a lot, but hopefully this will make a little more sense now. Matthew 16, 13 through 18, and it starts in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, whom do man say that I am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now listen to the response and listen from here on out. Jesus said unto him, Simon Barjona, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But he said, my father, which is in heaven. So he, he stumbled along on it. That's really what happened. He got it. Well, Jesus said, you didn't get this through flesh and blood. You got this because of revelation through my father. That's the only way you can get this. And then he says, I say unto you, Peter, upon this rock, now let me tell you something, again, let's clarify, we're not talking about Peter, all right, you know, there's some that have, St. Peter, well, St. Peter, you know, that's not what we're talking about, we're talking about the revelation that Peter stumbled onto, what he got, and he said, Peter, this revelation, what revelation, 
you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, I'm going to build my church on. This, the church, which you are the church. He said, I'm going to build on this. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Or it will not prevail against you. Or it won't overcome. The, the, the gates is talking about the power of hell. The darkness. Okay? And he said, this revelation, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So, you have to go back and you have to examine, okay, what is he talking about? Revelation. What is he talking about? That What is it? Well, he says here, the Christ, which is what? The anointed one and his anointing. So, really, we're talking about Jesus, the anointing that he had. He was the anointed one. And then we're talking about son of living God. So we're talking about sonship. Now we just read a minute ago about you. Galatians 3.26. You're all sons of God. Whole bunch of you in here. You're all sons of God. Through faith. Because of your belief in him. You were made sons. Sonship. Family. Identification. Who you are. Well, I'm a failure. No, you're a son. I'm just no good. No, you're a son. I'm lazy. Well, you may be, but you're a son. <laughs> you're a son. Everyone say, I'm a son. And then notice he said, you were baptized into Christ, the anointed one. So the two revelations he was talking about is Christ, in the anointing, or Christ and Son. Why is it important that you get the understanding of that you're baptized, plunged into, placed into, put into, dunked into the anointing? Because you are anointed. It is not, if you're trying to feel it, you'll miss it every time. If you're waiting for to feel something, waiting to feel better about yourself, waiting to feel more confident about yourself, waiting to feel like you're more capable of explaining, more capable of doing, you're going to miss the anointing every time. Because the anointing can't be felt. And the anointing will not work until you activate it. You have to activate it. How do you activate it? Through your belief. Through your believing that you are. Through revelation. Because Paul said this revelation is what I'm building my church on. Or God said. Jesus said. He said I'm building the church on this revelation. That you're anointed. When was the last time that you took and prayed for somebody? Most people are not doing it because they don't feel like their prayers are, are very effective. Or they don't feel like they have much. Well, that's why you're not seeing no anointing. Because the anointing is for the world. The anointing is for to go out beyond these walls. The anointing is there to raise the dead. 
to heal the sick, to cause the blind eyes to open, to cause the ears to open, cause the lame to walk. The anointing is for that, but if you don't feel that you qualify, that it's going to take someone greater than you, it's going to take an evangelist, it's going to take someone like a Copeland or a Hagen, or it's going to take someone like a, you know, someone that you admire, well, then you're never going to walk in that anointing even though you are now anointed. You are now anointed. Say, I am now anointed. You're not going to get any more. Nothing else is going to change until you start activating it. And, I, and this is what I'm sensing the Holy Ghost is saying. You know, I was telling Pastor Kimberly, we were talking a little bit about this. And I said, it's almost like to me, you terrorists, when terrorists, you hear about sleeper cells. And that they're, they're just blending in. They're just doing their thing. But all of a sudden, when they're active, then they come to life and to their purpose and what they're supposed to do. And I feel like that's what the Holy Ghost is doing, that it's almost like the body of Christ has been in sleep mode, but now the alarm, the alarm is going forth, and God is activating us. Activating us. But it's not, it won't work for you if you don't believe it and receive that even though you are highly anointed because it's not that God chose you because you were put in the body of Christ and because you're in that body, what's on the head is on you. Period. What's on the head is on you. The head and the body work in conjunction. You didn't come here. Wouldn't that have been weird? Angie walked in here today and just her body walked in. She was headless. Wouldn't that freak us out? We said, where is Angie at? And the body goes. <laughs> no, it's, we're all one. Yes. I said, we're all one. Remember, he said he brought you into union. Yes. He brought you into union. He united us. That's, that's what the ministry of reconciliation is about. Talking about how the God brought the world into union with himself, into harmony with himself. And now you're to go out and give that message to them. Why? So they can receive that and accept what God has already done. But now it's time for the body to accept. It's time for the body to wake up. And to listen and to believe and receive and begin acting on what he has already done. Listen to this scripture. Ephesians 1 20 through 23, the prayer that we pray all the time. It says, which he produced, in, this is the Amplified, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, talking about Jesus, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred. Come on, now come on, you're going to have to start thinking a little differently on this. This one is talking about what happened with Jesus. Guess what? You're in the body now. You're in him now. 
So whatever you're reading about happened to him, guess what? It's, it's conferred to you. It's, it's transferred to you. This is why it takes revelation. This is why it takes you wanting to understand it. It takes you desiring and, and believing that and start acting this way. And so everything he's talking about, we got to quit looking at this is just Jesus and him alone. Why, why did everything, why did he do everything that he did? For you. For his body. For his body. So he goes on, he says this. Verse 22. 22, and he says, He put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet. Woo, glory to Christ's feet. What are you, the body of you're the body of what? Well, then wouldn't it have been put under your feet too? Wouldn't it be under your feet too? Cancer, wouldn't it be under our feet too? COVID, wouldn't it be under our feet too? Poverty, wouldn't it be under our feet too? Depression, wouldn't that be under our feet too? Every power. Every power. He goes on, listen. He put all these things under his feet, Christ's feet, and appointed him as supreme and authority, talking about Jesus again. Jesus is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Jesus is the head. He's over the church, which is his body. Which is his body, the anointed one. Come on, I don't care whether you feel anointed. The Bible says you are anointed. If you're in his body, this is why it's so important that we understand we're baptized into it because it wasn't you deserving it. It wasn't you acquiring it by any kind of works and it never will be. Why does it seem that some have more anointings than others? Because they're using their anointing. They're getting familiar with their anointing. They're they're. they're um, practicing with their anointing. They're being bold with their anointing. They're believing what the Bible says about them is true. And they're acting on that. See, this is why the devil wants you to do everything. He don't care. He wants you to play church. He wants us just to come in. Just we need a good, feel-good sermon. We need to have some good praise songs. And then we need to go back and live our life as normal and blend in. That's all he wants us to do. And just have this hope within us that someday, glory to God, the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to fly out of here. Glory to God. He, he really, he don't care because he knows you're already in the kingdom. He knows you're already saved. He knows you're already born again. There's nothing he can do about that. So if he can get you to stay sleeping, if he can get you to stay normal, if he can keep you from understanding and getting a revelation of what your whole purpose in life is about, then he's fine. 
He's fine. He'll go, he'll go spend more time on those who are doing something. Those who do believe. And those, that's where the most trouble he's going to try to give to. Are you here? But I'm telling you, the alarm's going forth. It is. There's the, it's not just this church. It's not just, you know, it's, I'm t- born again believers. I'm telling you, the God is beginning to wake us up. Amen. God is beginning to call us now yes. and to stand up. Yes. Amen. And be the body. Yes. Be the church. Yes. Why? Because you are the church. Or we say it this way. You is the church. Yes. Amen. Amen. We, is. we is the church. We is the church. What are we are family? <laughs> Say it. We is, we is the church. He is the head. Say it again. We is the church. He is the head. So it has nothing to do with your, you know, looks or your whatever position, you know. Or being an usher, or being the piano player, or being in the nursery, or children's worker, or greeter. That has nothing to do with how much you, you, we're all of the body. We're all the body. You're laying hands on someone outside of church. You're laying hands on at the workplace. Glory to God, that same anointing that would be on me would be on you. Yeah, but what if I do it and nothing happens? Well, that's not on you. That is not on you. You never was the healer. You never were the deliverer. You're not the redeemer. We're the hands, we're the feet. All we're to do is go forth. You just do your part. You be bold with your part. Because I'm telling you, what, let me tell you, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later, not today. But I'm telling you what's going to activate that anointing is you proclaiming it. Yes. That's how it works. Yes. That's how it works. Jesus, what did he do? He got up and preached one day. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. When we get bold to declare that we're anointed of the Lord, that's when the faith kicks in and that's when the anointing begins to flow. That's when it begins to flow. Be a little bolder with your praying. Quit just going up to someone and say, here, I'll pray for you. Father, bless them. Why don't you take a a minute and tell them who you are? Why don't you take it a little bit and tell, you, tell them what you carry? Yeah. You know, I'm anointed of God. Amen. And the Bible says if I lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Yeah. I believe that. How about you? You believe that? If you do, let's pray. But what are you doing? You're putting your faith in the anointing and not on, not on you. Yeah. And that's where it's supposed to go. Oh, man. Oh, I got, here's scripture. Go to, first, I think it's, Where's the scripture of 1 Corinthians 2? It talks about uh, Paul goes and he said, I don't preach in, with men's wisdom, but in, uh, what scripture is that? 1 Corinthians 2.4? 1 Corinthians 2.4 on the screen. In the King James. 
He says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now, do you try, I'll be honest, don't, don't we try to memorize ways to, to approach? I do. I've thought about that. I'm trying to think, well, what would be a good entry point? What should I tell to my waitress? You know, trying to think what can get her attention. But notice what happened. He said, my preaching was not words of men's wisdom, but, everyone say but, but. demonstration of the Spirit and power. You can't demonstrate it unless you're anointed and have it. Now go to the next verse. Why, Paul? That their faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, you don't care. They don't need to be talking about you. They need to come away. God's real. God is real. I've just been healed. Or I've just been touched. I've just, by the power of God, God's real. See, we're, we're supposed to always be leading them to him. And they should be razzle-dazzled about him, not us. They should. But, but they will be razzle-dazzled about you if you can uh, pray a good prayer. Oh, sister, that was so good. That really blessed me, that prayer. Well, whoopee-doo. If, if nothing happens, whoopee-doo. Right? And what have we done? We've tried to have the good prayers. The these and the thous and the, you know, and just trying to make it flow and and make it sound good so that we feel good. Well, a lot of people are feeling good when they come to church. But they're not being effective. Nothing's happening to them. Nothing's changing in their life. And Paul said, pooey on this men's wisdom. It don't work. It don't work, it's just flowery. He said, it's the power of God that changes a man and a woman. It's the power of God that changes a young person. It's the power of God that is going to cause definite change. Yes. Eternal change. Yes. It's the power of God. Yes. And that's what we are to be demonstrating. You are to be demonstrating. It's not just to be the church here that you come and see demonstration, you're to be the church and go out and demonstrate it. Because you're anointed Amen. to carry this. Amen. Okay, I don't know if I have time for this. I want to bring, I want to, well, let me finish this. There's a little bit more here. Verse 23, well, it said, Jesus is the head of all things in the church, which is his body. Notice this. The fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. So there's nothing lacking in you. I know it feels like sometime we came through the door and we didn't get it all. Ha ha! Dave got something I didn't get. No, the Bible says you got it all. Every one of you. Every one of you got it all. Even Max. He got it all. I, I've questioned it, but God said, no, he got The Bible says he got it all. 
He got every bit of it. Just like you got every bit of it. Why, how come we're not seeing all of it? It's because of revelation. You know, I don't know what you're going to want to do with it after this. I don't know whether you're going to pray about it or you're going to talk about it or you're going to even uh, pursue it anymore. I don't know. It's, it's really, it'll be you. But I'm telling you, I, I sense that the Holy Spirit is working that in us right now. If you'll let him work it in you. Because he is activating his body. He's activating us. We're being, now, I'm going to read this. This is a vision by a man called Tommy Hicks. And it was back in Ju uh, July 25th, 1961. Maybe some of you have heard about it. Maybe you haven't. But it's quite interesting. And I've looked at it several times before and, you know, put it away. And then the Lord will say, get it back out and read it and look at it. But it's, it's uh, a lot of what's transpiring now and pointing to the end. So it's a, it's a little lengthy, but listen to it. Okay, he said, my message, and you can find this online if you just look up Tommy Hicks' vision. My message begins July 25th, about 2.30 in the morning at Winnipeg, Canada. I'll get it out. I had hardly fallen asleep. I know what's wrong. Oh, there they are. Put on my spectacles. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> the vision, it says, I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision of the revelation that God gave to me came before me. The vision came three times exactly in detail the morning of the 25th, 1961. I was so stirred and so moved by revelation that this had changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the last end time ministry. The greatest thing that the, that the church of Jesus Christ that has ever been given to the church lies straight ahead. It is so hard to help men and women to realize and understand that the thing that God is trying to give to his people in the end time. At the, as the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself as a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know, but as I was looking down upon earth, suddenly the whole earth came into view. Every nation, every kindred, every, every tongue came before my sight. From the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, and I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in. And I was almost in the fear of trembling as I beheld the sight before me. And at that moment, as the earth came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went forwards. I was facing the north. Suddenly, I beheld what looked like a giant. And as I stared and looked at it, I almost was bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great in stature. His feet seemed to reach to the north pole and his head to the south. Its arms were stretched from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this was a mountain or whether this be a giant. But as I watched it, I suddenly beheld the great giant. I could see it was struggling for life to even live. 
but his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at times, and at times this giant would move its body and act as though it would even rise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous looking creatures would run away from this giant. And when he would become calm, they would come back. All of a sudden, this great giant lifted up his hand towards heaven. And then it lifted its other hand. And when it did, these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness and into the night. Slowly, this great giant began to rise. And as it did, his head and hands went into the clouds. As he arose to his feet, it seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands into the heavens as though praising the Lord. And as he raised his hands, it was even into the clouds. Suddenly, every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver that I've ever known. As I watched this phenomenon, it was so great, I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred as I watched it and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, what is the meaning of this? And it felt as if I was actually in the spirit and I could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. And from the clouds suddenly there, come a great, there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon the mighty giant. And slowly, slowly, this giant began to melt, began to sink, as it were, into the very earth itself. And as it melted, his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth. And this great rain began to come down, liquid drops of light, as it were, began to flood the very earth itself. And as I watched this giant that seemed to melt, suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth. As I beheld the sight before me, people stood up all over the world. They were lifting their hands and they were praising the Lord. At that very moment, there came a great thunder that seemed to roar the heavens. I turned my eyes toward the heavens and suddenly I saw, saw a figure in white, glistening white the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my life. I did not see the face, but somehow I knew that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he stretched forth his hand, as he did, he would stretch forth his hand upon the peoples of the nation of the world, men and women. As he pointed towards them, this liquid light seemed to flow from his hands into the person's and mighty anointing of God came upon them, and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> I do not know how long I watched. It seemed it went into days and weeks and months, and I beheld Christ as he continued to stretch forth his hand. But there was a tragedy. There were many people, as he stretched forth his hand, that refused the anointing of God and the call of God. I saw men and women that I knew, people that I felt certainly they would receive the call of God. But as he stretched forth his hand toward this one and toward that one, they simply bowed their heads and began to back away. And to each of those who seemed to bow down and back away, they seemed to go into darkness. Blackness seemed to swallow them away everywhere. I believe as I watch, but these people that he anointed 
hundreds of thousands of people all over the world in Africa, Asia, Russia, China, America, all over the world, the anointing of God was upon these people as they went forth in the name of the Lord. I saw these men and women as they went forth. They were ditch diggers. They were washer, wash, uh, washer women. They were rich men. They were poor men. I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness. And as the Lord stretched forth his hand to give them the anointing, they became well, they became healed, and they went forth. And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hand exactly as the Lord did, and it seemed that there were this, this same liquid fire that seemed to be in their hands as they stretched forth their hands, and they said, According to my word, be thou made whole. As these people continued in the mighty end-time ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. And I looked to the Lord and said, What is the meaning of this? And he said, this is that that I will do in the last days. I will restore all that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar. I will restore all that they have destroyed. This is my people in the end time shall go forth as a mighty army. They will sweep over the face of the earth. As I was at a great height, I watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth. Suddenly there was a man in Africa, and in a moment he was transported in the, uh, in the Spirit of God, and perhaps he was in Russia or China or America or some other place, and vice versa. All over the world these people went, and they came through fire and through pestilence and through famine. Neither fire nor persecution, nothing seemed to stop them. Angry mobs came to them with swords and with guns, and like Jesus, they passed through the multitude, and they could not find them. But they went forth in the name of the Lord, and everywhere they stretched forth their hand, the sick were healed, the blind eyes were opened, and there were no long prayers. And one of the things that seemed, after I reviewed the visions so many times in my mind, and I thought about it so many times, I never saw a church I never saw or heard of a denomination, but these people were going in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. As they marched forward, everything they did as the ministry of Christ, in the end time, these people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth. Tens of thousands, even millions, seemed to come to the Lord Jesus as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom, of a coming kingdom in the last hour. It was so glorious. God is going to give to the world a demonstration in the last hour such as the world has never known. These men and women are all of, are all of, are all of walks of life. Degrees with me... Degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going forth over the face of the earth. When one would seem to stumble and fall, another would come and pick them up. There was no big I and little you. But every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common. There was a divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they went together, as they worked together, and as they lived together. It was the most glorious thing that I'd ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great 
deluges of liquid light seemed to fall upon great congregations. And that congregation would lift their hands and seemingly praise God for hours and even days as the Spirit of God came upon them. God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And that is exactly the thing that God was doing. And to every man and to every woman that receives this power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, there was no ending to it. And then again, as these people were going about the face of the earth, great persecution seemed to come from every end of the earth. Suddenly, there was another loud clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world. And I heard again the voice. The voice seemed to speak. Now this is my people, this is my beloved bride. And when the voice spoke, I looked upon the earth and I could see the lakes and the mountains. The graves were open, people from all over the world, the saints of all ages seemed to be rising and they rose from the graves. Suddenly all the people came from every direction and they seemed to be forming again this gigantic body. As the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first, I could hardly comprehend it. It was so marvelous, it was far beyond anything I could ever dream or think of. But as the body suddenly began to form and take shape again, it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant. But this time it was different. It was arrayed in the most beautiful, gorgeous white. Its garments were without spot or wrinkle as the body began to form, and the people of all ages seemed to be gathering into this body, and slowly, slowly, it began to form up into heavens. Suddenly, from heavens above, the Lord Jesus came, became the head, and I heard another clap of thunder that said, This is my beloved bride in whom I have waited. She will come forth, even tried by fire. This is she that I've loved from the beginning of time. As I watched, my eyes suddenly turned to the far north and I saw seemingly destruction, men and women in action, anguish and crying out, and buildings in destruction. Then I heard again the fourth voice that said, Now is my wrath being poured forth upon the face of the earth. From the ends of the whole world, the wrath of God seemed to be poured out, and it seemed that there were great vials of God's wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth. And I came remember, I can remember it as though it happened a moment ago. I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight of this of seeing cities and whole nations going down to destruction. I could hear the weeping and the wailing. I could hear people crying. They seemed to cry as they went into caves, but the caves and the mountains opened up. They leaped into water, but the water but the water would not drown them. There were nothing that seemingly could destroy them. They were wanting to take they were wanting to take their life, but they could not take it. Then again I turned my eyes into the body, arrayed in this beautiful white garment. Slowly, slowly it began to rise from earth. As it did, I awoke and I had the end time ministry, the last hour, again, July twenty-seventh, uh two twenty in the morning, the same revelation, the same vision, exactly as it did before. So praise the Lord. I mean, that sounded a lot, of, a lot of like the body of Christ that were rising, didn't it? Glory to God. And the, the, we know that the uh, body, the gigantic body being arrayed, that's the rapture. Hallelujah. That will go in that. But we got a work to do. And I believe that God is calling us and God is trying to bring to realization 
to us who we are, that we are anointed because we're in him. Period. 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 I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm not checking you out and thinking, well, should God use you or not? You're in the body. You need to understand that you're in the body. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.